Can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogan Johns. The time is here. It's finally game week. Well, it's been game week. But we're here to break down the first Bears game of the season. Bears-Lions Sunday at Ford Field in Detroit. It's a new season. New NFL season starts tonight. Houston. Kansas City. Someone got a new haircut. This is why I like doing the, the podcast over Zoom. That is a fresh look there, my friend. You like that? Again. What is that? It's like a zero on the sides. Since you've been commenting on my hair for years now, it's still the same haircut I've had for... Nah, that's kind of high and tight. Five years. No. Nah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's uh, still the same. Fresh just look a little, for a fresh season. I like it. It gets a little grayer every year, but uh, other than that, it's the same. But yeah, you got to get the haircut before week one, even if I'm not even going to the game. Um, but that's fine. Virginia McCaskey's going to the game. If Virginia McCaskey c- can go to the game, I should be at the game. Well, I think you can go to the game. You just chose not to go to the game. That's true. That's well, true. the way I see if we're not getting in the locker rooms, I'm not going either. Yeah, we're not going. We're, she that's owns the team. She can do what she wants. Uh, welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. This is our official week one Bears-Lions preview episode. Uh, love these. Love that we're back in the routine. And we're going to jump right in. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Of course, you read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com, the great athletic app where you can subscribe and you should be subscribed. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can do that and get 40% off. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Our producer is Kent Garrison, and we're kicking things off today with a guest, getting the Lions insight from Nick Baumgartner, who is senior writer and a columnist for The Athletic Detroit and just started another athletic podcast, and it might have the best name that I've seen so far. It's called One of These Years. What's Decades. up, Nick? Decades was taken, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should follow Nick at Nick Baumgartner on Twitter. Get all the Lions coverage this week. Uh, but we are here to talk about uh, another Bears-Lions matchup. So far, Matt Nagy 4-0 <clears throat> against Matt Patricia. Seems like in all four of those games, Matt Patricia has been pretty stubborn with his defense. <laughs> Uh, is that a, just a thing against the Bears, or is that he's just going to stick to his scheme no matter what? Like, that's been a thing w- with everybody. Yeah, I mean, they, they played more man coverage than anybody in the league last year. They rushed three and dropped eight more than anybody in the league last year. They talk a lot about, you know, like, we're going to tailor our schemes because it's, you know, it's the New England multiple. We want to be able to do all these different things. And they talk about how, you know, they want to 
tailor things that, that you know, fit opponents best or fit their roster the best. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's like, well, no, you're just doing the same thing over and over again and it doesn't fit anything. So, like, that's happened. That that was last year with Patricia and Paul Pascaloni. It remains to be seen if uh, Corey Undlin, uh, who was hired from Philadelphia, first-time coordinator, long-time Patricia confidant, if it remains to be seen if that changes anything. But, and they've just been bad defensively. I mean, there's no other way around it. They've been poorly organized Um you know, in just about every way, and, and that's been uh, sort of the calling card. So we'll see if we'll see if that can change. I don't know if it'll change immediately here in this uh, crunch time window, but I guess we'll see. So uh, I wanted to ask you after that, Mitch Trubisky's some of his best games of his yeah. career have come against the the Lions, and like, how does Detroit feel about that? Well, because like, is it <laughs> is it all of Mitch Trubisky's best games have come against the Lions? Or I, no, he's had one against. He sees okay. some, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The majority yeah. of his best games have come against the, the Lions, right? And like that's been legit, and it's like that's the frustrating thing for Lions fans because they're like, well, I mean, this has not been a great quarterback for for the start of his career, but against every time we play them, it seems you know from the fan standpoint, they say you know it's it's the same things. I mean, I think it's more of a product of they've just been bad defensively. I mean, they're, they've been bad. They were one of the worst teams in football last year in just about every area defensively last year. I mean, they couldn't defend anybody. Uh, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop, you know, they couldn't blitz because they couldn't cover anybody. The linebackers struggled. The secondary was a disjointed mess, especially after they traded, uh, you know, digs away. And there was just so much, you know, like one week it would be, this would be a problem, and the next week it would be another problem, and then everything would get caught up, and they would, they always looked overwhelmed, just stretched beyond whatever they were capable of doing, and so many of their problems seem to be self-inflicted, which is why I think, you know, for a guy like Trubisky, it's probably just easier, because it's like there's going to be more free space, there's going to be more stuff that's going to come open, because if they're so disorganized, it's going to look better. I mean, he's still an NFL player at some level, so... I don't know if it's anything Mitch Trubisky does in particular. I think it's more of a symptom of Detroit's just been really rough across the board, especially when they're in one of these funks that seem to last week after week after week. And the Bears have caught him a couple times in those, and they just haven't played well. Well, I did write something up on this on NBCSportsChicago.com uh, last night, kind of why it's a good matchup for Trubisky, why it's been working. I mean, the, the thing is, Trubisky's actually an okay quarterback if he has – the time right. to process what's in front of him. And I I don't even know if it's so much man versus zone as much as it is Patricia doesn't like the blitz a whole lot. And when you don't put Mitch in uncomfortable situations, he does have the ability to find the one-on-one spot right. and put the football there. And I think that's what's happened because um, I noticed just going back and looking at the nine touchdowns he's thrown against the Lions the last two years, uh, seven of them were against man coverage, but all nine of them were were when the Lions rushed four or fewer players at him. So I I just I remember going into Thanksgiving last year and we talked about it leading into that game and we talked about it afterwards. You have to think the Lions are gonna switch things up at least right. a little bit, but I, I, I just don't know. Like last year by Thanksgiving the season was so off the rails for them that they were like just shoving guys on IR as fast as they could to just sort of get through it. And so I just, like, that was one of those things where it was like, just get through the next week and see what happens, see if everybody hasn't been fired and move on to the next one. But, like, no, I mean, like, that's been the big question this offseason is, like, you know, is the presence of a new coordinator going to be enough to sort of, you know, force Matt Patricia to start adapting more than he wants to? I mean, they're a very, like, he's a very idealistic, I think, coach in terms of, 
I want my, you know, free safety to be exactly like this. And if he is not exactly like this, then he can't play here. Like that's, that was Matt Patricia's first year and a half, I would say, probably in Detroit. And I don't, I think they've basically got a necessity due to both COVID and the fact that, you know, they're running out of time here. I think that's starting to change some um, and he's being more adaptable, but adaptability was not, uh, you know, not a calling card for this regime at, at the start of it. And really up until probably midway through last season, I think it was kind of the same. They were just nitpicking at certain things where it was like, why don't you just scheme up some stuff that these guys can do well, give yourself a chance to hang in there. Cause Lions offensively are when Stafford's healthy are pretty good, but defensively it's been such a disorganized mess and they're trying to do way too much and too many different things in too many different areas. And it's been all over the place. So we'll see if they can kind of pare it down and maybe like you know make life easier on themselves, which is kind of the kind of the point here. I, I want to go back to the phrase "off the rails." I think there's <laughs> usually, at least when you discuss the lines with people, there's there's always the the idea that whether or not Matt Patricia can keep things together. Yeah, it, it sounds like this year he's getting a bit more buy-in, but the season hasn't started yet. Everybody exactly. feels good about everything in August before Week One. Where do you stand on, on that level of buy-in? It, can he keep this on the rails this year? It's really interesting because last year at this time, you know, the 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 narrative or whatever around the locker room was that it had it was improved from the year before, but it, but with the caveat of it was a disaster at that time a year before, uh, and it, so it was better than that. But there was still, you know, like Darius Slay wasn't happy last year, and he let everybody know about it every single day throughout the whole. Season and some of that was you know, rightly so. I mean, there were things that were happening that he didn't agree with. Other Diggs wasn't thrilled either. Uh, you know, there were things that were still sort of going on that you knew. Well, eventually Slay's not going to be here, and you knew eventually Diggs is probably not going to be here. And some of these guys who are just not seeing eye to eye, they're not going to be here. They're just going to move them out. They're going to nitpick them or whatever. And then it got to a point where it was like, well, now you've run out of time on that. You kind of have to pick a lane with some of this stuff and kind of go with it. And at this point, I think, like you said, I mean. I think their hand was kind of forced by the pandemic, but also they're out of time. And I think that they are more comfortable, it seems right now, you know, player, coach, coach, player, trusting each other on all sides. But like you said, I mean, we have no way of knowing if that's going to be there in four weeks. You know, today, as of right now, I think it's there. I think they are on the same page better than I can remember seeing them. But I don't know how long that'll that'll hold up. It does feel better. It felt better last year, but also... All that has to be, you know, sort of remembered as when it started, it was it was a mess. I mean, nobody nobody knew what to think one way or the other. I don't think anybody trusted anything that was happening. And so and they loved Jim Caldwell. That was another part of it. Some of the guys that were holdovers really, really were upset when he was gone. So it was an awkward transition. I think it's gotten to maybe about as good as it's going to get. And, you know, we'll kind of see if that's enough. But that's, you know, the fair question that sort of looms over this whole thing. So what do you think about the Lions sort of being the trendy pick in the NFC North this year? Yeah, I mean, I think you could probably say that about just about every team in the NFC North, really. But, like, it's interesting because offensively, we talk about so many problems they have defensively. Like Daryl Bevel and Matt Stafford, when, when Stafford was healthy those first eight weeks, I mean, he was, you know, at a borderline Pro Bowl level at worst. I mean, he was, uh, I think... 12.1 or 2 yards per attempt on play action. They were chunking everybody. Um, you know, Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Amendola were getting open. Hawkinson looked good. They weren't running the ball that well, but they were putting up points. You know, basically, just everybody they played. You know, they were 3-4-1 and one when Stafford went down with that back injury. Should have been 6-2, and two, probably at worst. 
Um, and that's something that I think has been forgotten in that, you know, those, the Lions pass offense stayed pretty decent the rest of the way, even with Jeff Driscoll and David Blau, because the, the skill weapons are solid. You know, they've just added Adrian Peterson, of course, offensively, if the offensive line can keep Stafford up and healthy, I think they have a chance to score points on just about anybody in the league. But the problem with that is, can your defense be adequate? I don't think anybody's asking them to be dominant or totally flip the script here, but it's, can, can it be like, not a complete disaster. I mean, that's kind of what what the, what the whole thing kind of hinges on here. As far as week one matchups go, well, what interests you? Is it Kenny Galladay possibly against the the Bears rookie Jalen Johnson? Is it Hawkinson, uh, the tight end over the middle against the Bears linebackers Reddy Jackson? What are you watching? For me, it's the it's the Lions' new right side uh, of the offensive line. They signed um, you know Hal Vitae, the, the Eagles' swing tackle, who's going to be the right tackle there, and Jonah Jackson from Ohio State's going to be a rookie guard. So you've got New right tackle, new right guard. You know, you guys know nobody's hit yet, really. I mean, we don't know, you know, what's good, what live live is going to look like. Stafford hasn't taken a hit since last November. So for me, given what the Bears can do on the edge, and I know some guys like Robert Quinn, I think, is banged up, right? So I mean, some of that stuff's a little bit of a mystery. But, you know, the Bears have enough in terms of, you know, explosive whatever off the edge to sort of wreck the game. And I'm just not totally sure about that new right side yet. I mean, Vitae's an improved run blocker from what Rick Wagner, Rick Wagner was, but he's had pass pro struggles basically throughout his career and, you know, teams have had to help him. So, you know, that with a rookie, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing to me that where a lot of this sort of hinges for Detroit. I mean, if this, this offense is not going to go anywhere if they can't keep him up standing through four quarters and at least make it, you know, make it to pass mid season. So, for me, the big thing that we've asked all camp, or I have anyway to myself, is how are these guys going to hold up, you know, in a live situation against somebody else, especially against a team like Chicago that can bring it, you know, off the edge when when they get the right mix in there. So that really has been the one that I've sort of focused on the most. I mean, there are other interesting spots there, but for the Lions especially, it's how are those two going to hold up? I think this is going to be a good early test for them. Uh, but I, I got to think there's some apprehension there because you just don't know. You just don't know how it's going to look. Well, we'll pick the game here coming up, but uh, always love to get the prediction from the opposing side too. So, do you have a prediction yet for Sunday? I don't have a score. I think I think the Lions have enough to to win this game at home. Um, the, these Lions Bears games have been weird. Uh, you know, I think they've come at weird times too for with Detroit. I mean, last year's I think the it was either the first or second. I think the Bears the first game in Chicago might have been the first one that Lions were without Stafford. And then by the time yeah. Thanksgiving came, it was just – it was a total mess. I mean, Stafford is really, really dialed in here. He seems like it anyway. Um, I mean, he was just devastated when, that when you know, they, they forced him basically to call the season last year because he was playing maybe the best he's ever played in terms of throwing the ball and seeing the field. Uh, he and Darrell Bevel really get along well. I think they're on the same page with everything. I think the Lions offensively are going to be really uh, are going to be good. Um, I think they'll have enough to score points in a situation where we don't know what's going to really happen across the board with a lot of unproven guys or rookies elsewhere. But I think in Stafford and that wide receiver core, the Lions have enough um, to win this at home. But nothing would really surprise me. I mean, these are like impossible to pick because no camp really. No preseason at all. It's been sort of a challenge, but um, it's it's a little toss upish to me. But uh, I do think I do think Detroit has enough offensively to get this done. Yeah, that first game last year was uh, when Matt Patricia got accused of fudging the injury report yeah, a little yeah, bit because right. the Stafford thing yeah, kind of right. came out of nowhere uh, late in the week, uh, and it turned out he was out for the season. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yep, it's uh, definitely going to be a bigger challenge for the Bears this year with Stafford out there compared to, I think it was Jeff Driscoll and Driscoll, then David yeah. Blau yeah. in the uh, Thanksgiving game. So uh, no question there. All right, Nick, thanks so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if our listeners want to check out the Lions side of things, definitely check out one of these years. What a great podcast name and uh, the one that Nick Baumgartner is a part of over there. Thanks so much, Nick. All right, thanks, guys, Nick. take care. You bet. All right, there he is, Nick Baumgartner, senior writer, columnist for The Athletic Detroit. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at Nick Baumgartner, uh, for more on the lines. And we encourage you to do that, to get the opposing view. All these uh, teams are represented on The Athletic. And right now, before we move on to our three big questions of the week, Johns, got to take a quick timeout to let you know that now is the time to celebrate, especially right now, because football is... Is finally back. Like, for real back. Like, there's a game tonight back. And I can't wait. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs this Thursday's football contest. Getting in on Thursday night's single-game showdown is easy All you have to do is download DraftKings using the promo code Mays, M-A-Y-S. That's for Robert Mays, the host of the football show on The Athletic. Draft six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap. See how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now to start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code Mays will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Download the DraftKings app now. Use code MAZE for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code MAZE only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And, of course, there's our friends at Manscaped that we need to tell you about again because fantasy football draft season is upon us. I did my draft the other night. I you made like your one, team? Yeah. I, made one, I love my team. I made one crucial error, Johnsy. I, I, you know, like in draft day where it's um, – uh, Vontae Mack, no matter what? Yeah. Okay, for me, that was Jonathan Taylor, no matter what. But not like in the first round. Like, I don't know if this was probably fifth round. And uh, I just had a brain fart, and I forgot about him. And I took um, Devin Singletary from Buffalo. And then two picks later, Jonathan Taylor went. And I was like, oh, man. Because you, you want some touchdowns. Put Jonathan Taylor behind Quentin Nelson in that Colts offensive line. Just stupid. Just stupid. But anyway, uh, due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that our friend Matt Patricia could use some Manscaped. Yay? Nay? I hadn't really thought about that, but (laughs) you might be right. It's Lions Week. 
When it comes to men's hygiene, Matt Patricia, Manscaped is as good and as safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. Got to write that name down, put it in your pocket, right? Vontae Mack? No? Yeah. Okay. Well, he went number one overall. Oh, easy. Easy. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology. Your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. Yeah, they've forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It comes with the new and improved Lawnmower Performance Boxer Briefs and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. And some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. All right. Let's jump into this game, Johnsy, from the Bears' perspective. Three big questions I have for us to discuss here before we jump into our picks for the week and bring in a uh, very special guest that I'm excited about. So that's coming up. But we heard from Mitch Trubisky yesterday. He's all about his confidence, saying that he discovered it this offseason with the competition. I uh, would say that, look, we've discussed Mitch's confidence so many times here on the podcast and how I think specifically last year it took a major hit in week one with that just stunningly awful performance against the uh, Green Bay Packers that I, I, I really think emotionally sort of scarred the Bears. Like they didn't they they were hundred percent convinced that they had a good team and it was such a gut punch. And I think Mitch's confidence from that point on last year uh was damaged. So Mitch says he has now found his confidence. Do you believe him? I feel like he could be confident when he looks at the schedule and sees it's the Lions in week one, knowing that he confidently played well against them the past couple seasons. Sure, he could feel good about himself. Sure, he could feel good about his his footwork. Sure, he could feel good about what he did in this competition against Nick Foles. But I think, I I speak for everybody, we just all want to see it. Not just see it against the Lions. We want to see it against the Giants, the Colts, the Buccaneers. We got to see more of it. I expect him to play well against the Lions. Like, really well against the Lions. But then he's got to go do it against the Giants. That's where I feel like the confidence that everybody, players, coaches, Nagy, Pace, George George McCaskey, us, fans, everybody will feel more confident about Mitch Trubisky if he starts doing this every single week. He's sort of in a no-win situation this week. I mean, he can win the game. That'd be big. But if he balls out, he played great on Thanksgiving last year. And he's throwing touchdowns to Jesper Horstead. Nobody believed it was real. Not on the team. Ah, the Lions played David Blau. It didn't matter. You know, the game shouldn't have been as close as it was because it did come down to a game-winning touchdown to David Montgomery in the fourth quarter, which, by the way, was his third read on the play. So he did good things in that game. Didn't matter. Came back following week, played well against the Cowboys. Didn't matter. And guess what? Those dismissals of how he played were kind of validated by how he played the final three games after that because he went back downhill. So he's kind of in a no-win situation this week. Um, Well, okay, I I think he could be in a lose-lose situation. Like, if he just goes out there and 
is awful. Mm-hmm. Like horrendous. Like two picks, first quarter, where you see Matt Nagy like looking very flummoxed on the sidelines. And, you know, maybe you cut to Nick Foles, who's not coming in, but he's warming up, just to give you a little bit more intrigue. Like that could be a very tenuous situation for, for Mr. Trubisky. Maybe not the Bears, because they got Nick Foles. That's why they, they, they brought him in. But, yeah, that's a lose-lose for him. So I'll say this. I believe Mitch thinks he's found his confidence. I believe he's feeling confident right now. I think the bigger question is, can he sustain that confidence? When the lights go on, the pass rush is real, there's actual players coming after him to tackle him, uh, and he makes that first mistake because he's probably going to make a mistake Sunday. Everybody does. And when's what's the confidence going to be like that? I think that's that's the big question. All right, second question. There seems to be a big emphasis at Hallis Hall on scoring first. This is very important, though, um, because the Bears were, quite frankly, awful in the first half of games last year. Not just first quarter, but first halves. And it, it put them behind in bad situations the entire season. They did score first on their opening drive in Detroit last year, though. They went down the field and scored quickly. Do you believe or think the Bears will score a touchdown on their opening drive Sunday? No. Okay. It's going to be a field goal. The Cairo Santos, like, 24-yard chip shot or something like that. I feel like they'll have good things going, and it'll stall out. Um, But I don't think it's going to set the stage for complete disappointment. Um, My situation that I laid out there where it's just complete debacle for Mr. Trubisky, I I don't see it happening. I think the offense can move the ball. I think Matt Nagy has a really good feel for how Matt Patricia calls his defense. Uh, I think Mr. Trubisky has a really good feel for how Matt Patricia calls his defense. But, yeah, Cairo Santos, chip shot field goal to open the game. Um yeah, you and, see, uh, Carlos Santos. Yes, I was waiting for that. Waiting for that. Did, did you see them scoring first, or, or at least opening up with an impressive touchdown drive? I do. I think they score a touchdown on their first drive. Um, I, I think part of it is what what you just said. I think everybody, Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, has a good feel for what the Lions do. Now, there's a few different players out there um, that supposedly fit the system better. I don't know if they're better players, though. Like, Deron Harmon's out there now. Um, he's fine. <laughs> you know, he may fit the system better. Desmond Trufant, he, uh, he's not an upgrade over Darius Slay. He may play man defense that Patricia wants to play. I don't know that he's an, he's an upgrade. Uh, is Danny Shelton a better player than Snacks Harrison? I don't know, but he's a better fit. So, like, I, I, I guess I'm skeptical about the the up the so-called upgrades the Lions have made on the defense. But fit is important. I'm I'm just more interested to see what kind of wrinkles they bring defensively. And I also, but I also think the Bears are going to have their own wrinkles. You and I have seen it with our own eyes in some of these packages that they've been running out. Um, are the Lions going to be ready for these tight ends? They may adjust as the game goes along, but. I think the Bears are going to come out. I think this is going to look more like in 2018 against the Packers where the Packers didn't really know what was happening early than it did last year where the Packers then countered and the Bears looked like the team that didn't know what the hell was happening. 
Oh, in the second half of that, that game. Um, yeah. You know what would be the surprise open for me? Like a 50-yard perfect bomb to like Anthony Miller down the seam or Darnell Mooney down one of the sidelines or just a, a beautifully thrown play-action deep ball for Mitch Trubisky right perfectly led right into the hands of one of his, one of his receivers. Like that would be a statement throw at the beginning of the game. And I would not be surprised if Matt Nagy has a statement throw like that dialed up for Trubisky. It's whether or not he takes it, but I could see it being in the game plan early on. All right, third question has to do with that matchup Nick Baumgartner was just talking to us about. Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack are banged up. He just told you the worries about the right side of the Lions' offensive line. This Quinn and Mack stuff doesn't seem good. Uh, I don't know if it's just gamesmanship or what. Matt Nagy, and this is actually worth discussing very quickly, but Matt Nagy has clearly shifted with the way he's handling injuries. He's... He in the past he would at least give us like a follow up today. We asked him. Uh, he did say that this Quinn thing is new and unrelated to his slow ramp up. But when asked specifically when Khalil Mack or when the ankle injury happened or when Khalil Mack hurt his knee and if it happened in practice yesterday, um, he didn't. He wouldn't discuss it basically, and essentially admitted it's gamesmanship. I don't know how that makes you feel good. Uh, if you're a Bears fan wondering if your top two pass rushers are going to be out there Sunday. Um, but Matthew Stafford's out there. We know that. So concerns about the Bears' defense and injuries already. Matthew Stafford's a huge upgrade over Jeff Driscoll and David Blau from the games last year. So the question is, will the Bears hold the Lions under 17.5 points? That's the over-under. Well, if Cleo Mack plays... Well, I'm actually going to say no, they don't. But like, if Cleo Mack plays, obviously it's a different story. I, I I am very concerned about Robert Quinn. This is a guy that they already had a plan for because he had that personal issue and had to miss some time, and they had this ramp up plan. And he's doing his own thing. We just saw him for the first time in that scrimmage. He looked good. He had like two sacks in that scrimmage. Did he not? Like, oh, this is what. Real quick, though, he did, and I can't remember if I mentioned this or not in a pod when we recapped that. I. He sort of gingerly walked off during that scrimmage. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. Yes. And I was looking at him with my binoculars for like five straight minutes, and I thought he was kind of grabbing his knee more than anything else. Uh, now, he's listed as an ankle, and Nagy said it's not related to the ramp-up. I don't know. But what I do know is when he was out there, he looked good. When he went to the sideline, he looked banged up. And that was two weeks ago. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't part of the the personal issue. But this could be something that happened towards the like maybe the ramp up's over. I don't know. We were getting into semantics now, but it's it's not good. It's disconcerting that he is not participating in practice. This is Thursday. The game's a couple days away. Like he's a veteran, he could he could get ready for this, but it's not good. I'd be alarmed by that. Khalil Mack. This is a guy I believe that was not on the injury report at all at any point last year. And he looked like he was playing banged up some games. So that's alarming. Uh, I'm less concerned than than I am with him than I am with, with Quinn, but it's never good when you see your best players on that injury report. Never, ever. Full disclosure on just the timing of when we're recording this, we don't know what Khalil Mack did in practice today, Thursday, as we're recording. We'll know that soon, maybe by the time you're listening to this. 
But, you know, it could just be the Bears practice inside and sometimes Nagy is careful with guys on the turf. We've seen that before. Or, you know, during the season when a guy pops up out of nowhere on the injury report and is listed as limited, there's always a chance he suffered it in practice that day. We just don't have that answer right now. That would be very concerning. The first one would not be concerning. So there's sort of a spectrum here. And unfortunately, as we're recording this right now, we don't necessarily have a good handle of what that spectrum is. If Matt Nagy's being less revealing with injuries, I feel like the players, at least recently, have been more revealing with injuries. Just to hear Allen Robinson say how he's okay. Akeem Hicks is now ready to go. Uh, David we're Montgomery. talking about Montgomery yesterday. And then Montgomery himself... Today, um, Matt Nagy uh, did not say much about those guys mm-hmm. until they were practicing. Um, so this safer-than-sorry approach has always been part of Matt Nagy's philosophy. This is week one. This is a Lions team that the Bears should still be competitive with. But who knows? Maybe Cleo Mack talks Friday, and you could just skip over this part of the podcast. But again, I'll go back to my point. You never want to see your best players on the injury report. All right. You know it and love it. Here we go. Gold predictions. I'll go first. Darnell Mooney, the fifth round draft pick out of Tulane, has at least five targets in this game. More involved than people think. At least five targets in this game. Darnell Mooney. Okay. I like it. It goes back to my uh, deep shot call. And he definitely brings a different dimension with the ball in his hands than uh, Taylor Gabriel. He's going to be how significant of a part of the offense he he becomes by the end of the year. I don't know, but the Bears like him. They like him a lot. He seems to handle a lot of the information that they're giving to him well uh, as well. Here's my bold prediction. Anthony Miller will have – I'll throw out some numbers here. Okay. Eight catches for over uh, 100 yards, over 110 yards. Like a, a breakout game at the beginning of the year. He played well in Detroit last year, did he not? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helps him. But I, I feel like there's always I, – I, I think Anthony Miller is going to put the, the young, immature storylines that gets brought up to him like every single year. I, he's going to put those to bed. He's going to come out with a great week one game, and I feel like this can can, uh, can continue for the rest of the year. Um, he seems to be the Bears' breakout candidate that a lot of people like right now, and it starts here in week one. It is amazing how quick his training camp turned around. I mean, he was invisible the first week, and then all of a sudden you look up, and I was keeping track of this during camp, he had the second most targets out of any receiver. Like, well, it, it how did that happen? Yeah, well, Allen Robinson was hurt at, at that yeah. point, but and he was Anthony Miller was limited. But you're right; he was extremely noticeable, extremely noticeable. And he's the Bears' one true slot receiver. Uh, his breakout last year came late in the year when he became that true slot receiver. I see good things for Anthony Miller this year, regardless of who was at quarterback for the Bears. Predictions. Nice, nice. Let me go first. Sure. Okay, um, this is my pick in the athletic. Heck, I'll, I'll read it verbatim. Why not? Why not? Okay. Right. Bears 27-20. Mitch Trubisky looks like, well, Mitch Trubisky against the Lions. It has another good day 
against Matt Patricia's defense. It's a field goal game that Trubisky needs after everything he's been through this offseason and the competition in camp. But the question, as always, is whether he can do it again and again as the season plays out. So a win for Mitch Trubisky in week one, and he plays well. All right. Um, I'm also picking the Bears. I have been skeptical about this game all summer, but I just keep looking at the matchups, and until until Matt Patricia shows me that he's going to adapt, I, I just think it's a good matchup for the Bears offense. Uh, and by the way, not a, I'm not talking about the Bears going off. I do think there are some adjustments. I think... Is it possible for the Bears to look better offensively but still not score a ton of points? <laughs> no. Actually, no. I no, know. no, well, no, no. To me, that, that's it. you got to score points to look good now. And Nagy said well, yesterday. Always, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Nagy said he wants touchdowns. He, he He's touchdowns. Which so is, apparently he was telling him he wanted, he wanted field goals last I year. I don't know. I thought that was funny, <laughs> but I also appreciate the honesty. Yeah, let's just go score touchdowns. Do yeah. that. Yes. Boy, it, if it's that easy, just do it. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. Uh, I got the Bears winning 23-21. I think it's much tighter. I don't feel great about it. Uh, maybe that you know means a field goal from our guy at the end to win it. And uh, Carlos Santos. I don't know, but I got the Bears winning. Just don't feel great about it. I just can't get on the, the Lions bandwagon. For, for guys, you and I who have covered – well, well, the Bears since 2012, like we've seen a lot of the Lions. I, I, I feel like I have a pretty good sense for like what they can be. And yeah, I, I don't see them being that surprise NFC North winner that at least some of the preseason polls are making them out to be. All right. There's our, our first picks of the year. And you know what's next? More picks. So we go around the NFL and. We couldn't start the 2020 season without bringing back our guy. You know him and love him. It's that time. Culture, history, spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. Look who's back in town, baby. Joe, what's up, man? We we missed you. Hey, how we doing, boys? I've been waiting I've been waiting eight months to play that. Been so yeah. excited. That's it's actually really, his really ringtone now though. Yeah. <laughs> it should be it should be my ringtone. <laughs> Joe. How you guys been doing? We're good. We miss you. Uh I for our new listeners that made me jump on this summer, Joe Romano is our former producer of this podcast, and uh, you'd hear him during the season all the time making picks with us. He's very good at that, and uh, he's <laughs> still an outstanding producer over at WGN Radio. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joey Joe Rowe. You should be following him there during the football season and always, and we had to get him back on at least for week one here to make our picks. So we just made our Bears picks. We can start there if you want. Who you got, Bears or Lions this weekend? Uh, well, obviously, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see Trubisky after he won the job outright. Uh, the stars are kind of aligned for him. Um, the disrupted camp preseason um, kind of led to him being the starter, but he's got at Detroit, home for the Giants, at Atlanta versus Indy, and then versus Tampa Bay. He's got a good chance to uh, keep the job 
not just win it, but keep it. Um, I'm excited for the defense, obviously. You know, I'm sure you guys have talked about some of the uh, the injuries here to the um, outstanding outside pass rushers. Um, I'm surprised that there's our three-point dog, but I think they'll win outright points just in case. All right, that's three votes for them winning outright, which obviously means covers too. Um, all right, let's jump into some of these other games around the league. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. We start, and we'll do this one quickly because it is tonight. Some people might be listening Friday, but uh, the season gets kicked off, so we got to do the kickoff game. Texans at Chiefs, 7-20 tonight on NBC. The defending Super Bowl champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I almost said Detroit Lions, which nah. is not accurate at all. Um, no, not no. even close. <laughs> the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites at home with 16,000 fans expected to be in attendance. That'll be weird. Yeah. But there are going to be fans. There'll be some juice in the building, right? Like you'll be able to feel the vibe a bit. It's the, the Super Bowl winners' first game back in Kansas City. Uh, I. Believe it or not, I like the Chiefs even covering the nine and a half here. I, I feel like the Texans are going to be maybe the NFL's most disappointing team this year. I think Deshaun Watson will still be good, but a lot of quest- questions about what that team uh, really is, especially you know with the big trade at wide receiver. So g- give me the Chiefs feeling that juice in a route. Patrick Mahomes all day. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think the Texans have put Deshaun Watson in a very tough spot. He's already been in a tough spot. He's been sacked over 100 times the last two seasons. Uh, so how long is that going to hold up? Both these quarterbacks just got paid. I think the Chiefs are just a way better team overall. I think the Texans did some... First of all, they gave up 51 straight points to the Chiefs in the playoff game, and then they traded DeAndre Hopkins. So good luck with that. Uh, I think the Chiefs score a lot of points tonight at home, and they cover the spread. Joe? Yeah, it's it's hard to go against the defending Super Bowl champ on a Thursday night. Um, it, it's it's scary because we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen any preseason games. I'm interested to see the Texans' offense after that Hopkins for David Johnson trade. Uh, can Will Fuller stay healthy? Brandon Cooks is entering his seventh season and is already on his fourth team. Um, I lean Houston. I think it'll be closer than what everybody's thinking. But if I were to do anything on this game, I'd go over the 54 total. That's probably a smart thing to do. All right, we'll keep it moving. Chris, uh, Matt Nagy has always been kind of the past half-full kind of guy. Noon. Sunday on Fox, opposite the Bears-Lions game. You're going to have to have two screens if you want to watch the NFC North. Packers at Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Give me Kirk Cousins. Um. They're my surprise. Not uh, no, not surprise. The the Lions are the surprise team in NFC North, according to everybody. I feel like the Vikings are like the safe pick for preseason polls in the NFC North. Uh, I I like. I, I, we've talked about this, Adam. We really like what they what they've done this offseason. Both sides of the ball in this game in Minneapolis. Give me Kirk Cousins covering against Aaron Rodgers. So as much as I've talked up the Vikings offseason. They do have a lot of new players out there. They have some young cornerbacks. And I think part of the reason why I like the Vikings to ultimately win this division is because I think they'll get better as the year goes along. I think the Packers are going to get worse as the year goes along because I think there's going to be some friction and some stuff going on, and they're going to kind of realize they're not as good as last year. 
I actually think the Packers not only cover this, but surprise victory in week one, go into Minnesota and win. Where they won last year, actually. Um, the Clemson Division. Yeah. Uh, I was at that game, that Monday night game, where the Packers went in there and won. That was a surprise then, and uh, I think they're going to pull this one off and actually win outright, Green Bay. It's going to be interesting to see how the Packers defend the run. Everybody remembers the NFC Championship game, 49ers, 42 carries for 285 yards. Are they going to be able to stop Dalvin Cook? He only played one game against the Packers last year, 20 carries for 154 yards and a touchdown. I think he goes off in game one. I think the Vikings cover. You're not listening, Chris. Maybe the game of the week here, 325 Central on Fox. Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is still weird to say, at Drew Brees' New Orleans Saints. The Saints are my Super Bowl pick, guys. I think they're going to put it all together and beat the Ravens this year in the Who Super Bowl. Who was last year's Super Bowl pick? Mine? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Can't nice. remember. Very nice, Joe. I, I Good to have you back. <laughs> what? Good to, yeah. Good to have you back. Uh, the, he was uh, at that bar in Wrigleyville, too. He was at yeah. Houndstooth. A lot of people were, unfortunately. Yeah. Great spot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, the Saints a three-and-a-half-point home favorite here against the Bucs. I, I can't be the only one who thinks it's going to take Tom Brady at least a little bit of time to get going down there, right? Like, it just – I'm all good. I'm all for, like, storybook tales and, and, you know, Tom Brady being good somewhere else other than in New England. But common sense says there's going to be some type of transition. It's going to look like it in week one for me. Give me the Saints covering with that three and a half. You know, my optimism about the Bucks honestly has more to do with the fact that I, I think they had some talent there already. I mean, they were a 500 team last year, despite the fact that Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. I mean, that's crazy to me. I mean, that tells me that they don't need Tom Brady to go out there and be vintage MVP Tom Brady. They just need a more competent quarterback to to run the offense and not turn the ball over and they're going to be pretty good I mean they got good playmakers on that offense uh and and guys for him to throw the football to and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that you know could make Mitch Trubisky look great so that's where my optimism about the Bucks comes in I think the Saints are a really good team I think they have the most complete roster if you factor in both sides of the ball in football and I think this is a good, entertaining, close game, but I think the Saints do win and do cover that three and a half just barely. Saints traditionally get off to slow starts. Starting in uh, 2014, they were 0-2, 15-0-3, 16-0-3, 17-0-2. It's in the 325 game on Fox. Everybody's going to be watching. You know, you got to get after Tom Brady. It's two Hall of Famers facing each other. I think it'll take a little bit of time for the Bucks to get rolling. Um, I, I think the Saints do a, uh, do a number on Tommy's new team. Tommy. Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Tommy. I, I can't do the Boston accent. Tom. Joe's hey, always had Tom? that, though. Yeah. Tom. Hey, Sonny. <laughs> Might have to bring in our producer, Kent, here, too, on this one because he's our resident Cowboys expert. 720 Central on NBC, the Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. Brand-new SoFi Stadium. No fans. That's unfortunate. <laughs> no juice uh, in this building. <laughs> no. Um, there were, And if there had been fans, probably 60% of them would have been Cowboy fans, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. if, if not more. Uh, so the Rams, 
are three-point home dogs. And I did look at some analytics here. They really like the Rams to to at least cover this game, if not to win outright, which kind of surprises me. I like this Cowboys team. I like them too, but I, I like the Rams covering. It just seems to make sense. I don't think the Rams are going to be very good. I don't think Jared Goff's very good. Uh, I feel I feel like um, like the Rams are just a, like a trendy pick every single year, right? Because they have the big names, they sign these guys to big contracts, and yet they don't seem to go very far for for what for what they are. But I feel like um, they can at least cover in this one against the Cowboys. Because I agree with you, Adam. I'm, I'm very high on what the Cowboys can be this season as it plays out. All right, I'm on the fence here. I want to see if Kent can sway me one way or the other here. Uh, What do we need to know about this game? I picked the L.A. Rams to win the game just because there's so many unknowns of the Cowboys and a new coaching staff and with this new defense and everything. So um, I think there's going to be more stability. Give Sean McVay an entire offseason for one game. I think he's going to be well-prepared. And um, so, yeah, I picked uh, the Rams. All right, well, there you have it. That's I, I will then pick the Rams at least to cover uh, that three points that they're getting. Um, but kind of more big picture-wise, I do like this Cowboys team. I think that Mike a, rejuvenate, a rejuvenated Mike McCarthy uh, it going to Dallas with an offense that has a ton of talent, and they drafted C.D. Lamb, who I love. I think that long-term the Cowboys are going to be uh, at least the winners in the East and – I think I forget if I had them losing to the Saints. I think I had them losing in the divisional round. I think I had them actually winning a playoff game this year, which would be news. Um, and I think the Rams are headed the wrong direction still. I, they keep locking guys up. They just paid Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know how they're going to field a complete team. And I think other areas of the team are going to continue to go downhill. So regardless of what I think this week, I do think the Cowboys are trending up and the Rams are trending down. Joe? Yeah, I hate to make this about front offices and coaching staffs, but, uh, well, you know, with the new staff in Dallas, Mike McCarthy, um, when he was his last season with the Packers, passing play percentage was 67.5% his last year in Green Bay, highest in the NFL. Last year, the Cowboys were about 58% passing. I wonder if, you know, they paid so much money to Ezekiel Elliott. Is he going to come in there and just start totally changing his game plan and start running the ball more? I doubt it, you know. I think that'll still be right around 65% passing. And not that they don't have weapons in the, in the passing game. I just – you, you got to get 21 the ball more. Um, and then uh, as far as the game goes, you know, my guy Sam Panionovic of the Chicken Dinner Podcast always encourages taking the home dog in primetime games. So that's exactly what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take the Rams and the points. All right. All right, let's continue this love fest. Time to talk about our guy Vic Fangio. Monday nighter. This is your late Monday nighter. There's no way John stays awake to the end on this one. <laughs> nope. I'll be asleep before kickoff. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a, you too, you too, Joe. Uh, Nine twenty Central on ESPN Monday night. The Titans at the Broncos. So based on what Joe just told us, home dogs uh, on a primetime game, right? Hey, that don't counts. Steal my bet, dude. Okay. Well, I in my defense, I was going to pick the Broncos here anyway. Uh, despite the fact they just lost Von Miller for the year, which really sucks. I mean, oh, I we want to see the best players out there. Um, and, you know, that's a huge reason why Vic Fangio went out to Denver and thought that 
you know, he, he but the the thing is he's still a good defensive coach and he's still going to have a good defense out there even without Von Miller. I think the Titans step back this year. I still think they're going to be good. Um but there's no way they're going to recreate the magic they did last year. I think going to Denver. I wonder what this spread would look like if there's fans. There's there's not. Uh, they have some fans. I feel like they might be one of the, or maybe not in week 1. Uh regardless, I don't think that matters. I do think the Broncos cover. I actually think they win this game. See, I, I think the Titans are going to win this one, um, maybe by a touchdown or, or 10 points even. I, I feel like the, the Von Miller um, injury is kind of it's deflating. You know, the, the wind's out of the sails right now, and uh, to, to lose someone of that caliber it has a ripple effect, and I think you're, it's going to be felt here in, in week one as Vic Fangio, we know he can't adjust, but right now he's probably scrambling to adjust because of how close – um, the game is uh, at least around the corner, so we'll see what happens. But I do agree that the the Titans do seem due for a, a step back. I'm not sold on what Ryan Tannehill uh, was last year or what he can be this year, uh, to, to be honest with you. But um, I think at least in week one here, especially what's going on in Denver, give me the Titans here. Is there any word on whether Clowney plays? Not that this uh, changes my opinion on the game, but I, I just – I don't know that Clowney's going to have the same impact that Khalil Mack had in his first game. You know, out for all of training camp, not with the team. Um, you know, could he go and make a big play on Monday night? Maybe. Uh, it's interesting because the Broncos opened up two and a half uh, as, as the favorite, and now it's, it's gone all the way through to where the uh, Titans are the favorite now. Drew Locke ended the season last year four and one. And you guys talked about home field advantage. I know that there won't be fans there, but the fact that the elevation, I think that's got to play a role, right? You know, um, I think the Broncos win and cover. Also, not super confident about it. Is Colorado under snow or on fire right, yeah. now, right now? I mean, is, right. Or is it 100 degrees? Yes. Because, it, it, yeah. <laughs> My uh, my cousin actually lives there. I saw him last weekend in Minnesota, and he was like, "Yeah, it's ninety degrees there right now, and when I get back, there's gonna be snow on the ground." And that's like Armageddon or, or something going on. I don't know what's going on out there, but maybe it's played a role in the the prep work for the the, the, the Broncos. Yeah, crazy, crazy. That well, it like is Sharknado weather there, actually. Sharknado. <laughs> yeah, um, it is interesting though because that's a good point. You know, the Broncos do have some built-in home field advantage still this year with the air. That's that's one thing that doesn't change. So that that's a decent point. All right, Joe. It's good to talk to you. Good to have you Thanks back so on the podcast. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Yeah, really good to see you guys too. <laughs> it's good this to see fun. you, Joe. Yeah. Are you guys always doing Zoom or is this just uh, special because I'm here? No, I – I uh, well, I finally did see John's at practice during training camp, but for the most part, hadn't seen his uh, beautiful face in person for like five months. Thanks, Adam. How do you, how do you like Adam's haircut, Joe? Like that that is it's different. He says it's not, but that's high and tight. It's the same. Now, is your wife still doing the cuts, or are you going into the salon? I'm started going. I started going back you in. Started going back. Yeah. Yeah. It's fresh. That's, that's probably why it looks better, John's. Ah, you're not going Uh-oh. anymore. Because I didn't do it. <laughs> All right, Joe. We'll see. We'll talk to you soon, Joe. For sure, man. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. All right, there he is, Joe Romano. Yeah, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Hey, Joey Jojo. 
good to see Joe. Yeah, it was. He's, uh, he's way better at picking games than we are. So let's just be honest about that. Um, there was a time where he would keep track of the records, and thank God he stopped doing that. And the bold predictions until we just started being yeah. outright outrageous with some of them. I think our bold predictions are somewhat realistic. I think we might. I think there's a bold prediction. I think one of us hit our bold prediction this week. I think we'll it's going to be me. Okay. I think it's going to be me. <laughs> well, follow us on Let Twitter. The games begin. During the game. Hey, by the way, I don't have it to plug right now. We are uh, hoping to continue the voicemails. So look for that on Twitter. At Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. We are, it's going to be a different number, I'm pretty sure. But we do want to get your voicemails during the game. So just keep an eye out for that because I think it will be a new number. But we do want to get your voicemails Sunday. Uh, during the Bears-Lions game, after the Bears-Lions game, and we'll put those together for you uh, for the podcast next week. So be on the lookout for that on Twitter. Of course, read us. I'll be at NBCSportsChicago.com. Plenty of coverage up there over the next few days leading into the game and, of course, post-game. And then, obviously, The Athletic has everything you need with Adam Johns and Kevin Fishbane. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. You should be sub- be subscribed right now. Go ahead and do it. Get 40% off your subscription right now. Thanks to Nick Baumgartner, Joe Romano for joining us, Kent Garrison, our outstanding producer. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Football. Tonight, Bears football on Sunday. Really looking forward to it. We'll have a post-game episode again. Returns Sunday after the game. We'll talk to you then. See ya. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening.